birthday to you. This is a present. Analyzing your DNA. This will sound crazy, but I have a twin. He was kidnapped when he was a baby. It's you. We're looking for this house. My brother, welcome home. We have a deep spiritual connection in this family. Ah! That's mommy. She's so beautiful. You want to meet her? What's up? This vision that haunts you, it just means you're part of this family. These people are weird. We found a genetic anomaly. It's disconcerting. She wants to take my boys away from me. Wake up! Do you see a vision from the past? This gift is a blessing. <laughs> I've been dreaming of this moment, sister, that it took you. Open the so welcome to the station of decapitation without your head i'm nasty neil and i'm joined by gabriel abrantes writer and director of amelia's children which is coming out march 1st i really love this movie and i'm not just saying that because i'm talking to you uh, can you give people an idea of what it is about who have, if they haven't seen it yet? Yeah, sure. It's like, um, it's a horror movie. It's got some comedy and it's about like, uh, a kid that, that was kidnapped and he does a DNA test and he finds out he's got, uh, a biological mom and twin brother in the North of Portugal, which is actually where I hail from. And, uh, he goes to check out what's going on with his mom, long lost mom and brother. And, I guess he he didn't expect what he would find once he gets there. Yeah, it's interesting. You said it has comedy in it, so uh, because it's also a very dark movie and has a lot of taboos in it. Uh, totally. So, so um, the, uh, speak about that about the comedy when you're watching at festivals and stuff. Have people seen the comedy in it, or are they totally seen yeah. It for horror? Yeah, I think a lot of people, especially people who like uh, maybe horror isn't their favorite genre, they really appreciate the part of the comedy and then people who like like the shorts i've done or my first feature like uh they really like that that sort of offbeat humor that that i'm into and try to put in my movies and when we screened it in portugal the the premiere which is at this horror film festival motel sheesh and it's like a 800 person theater it's like a beautiful old theater in lisbon and people were just like cracking up like at festivals there's like a sort of outsized energy uh which is nice you know yeah and I thought that was so cool. Uh, they seem to really, really get the humor. And for me, I don't know, like I laugh at so many things that I shouldn't laugh at. Like, and even like, you know, I like the campiness of somebody like Hannibal Lecter in like Silence of the Lambs, like when he's doing his little like uh, tongue hissing thing at Clarice, yeah. I'm like, I'm cracking up, you know, I think it's great. Yeah. And it's also creepy. So I don't know, I'm just attracted to that. That's what I, I tried to to sort of do. Well, that's what's cool about watching horror movies with a group of like-minded people because you know you don't necessarily feel weird if you're laughing at a lot of this. And I think uh, comedy and horror are the two best things to watch with a group of people. Yeah, totally. 
So uh, besides you being from Portugal, uh, is there any other inspirations from your life for the movie? Like, are you adopted or anything like that? No, basically, it's there. Like, my grandma's family is from the north of Portugal, Trás-Montes, which, like, the film supposedly takes place in. And that, that you know, it's always been an inspiring kind of place for me because it's got a lot of Celtic history. Uh, and there's a lot of myths in the north of Portugal of, like, witches and fairies or whatever. It's this rural, mountainous part of Portugal. So that sort of inspired the film a bit. My time, you know, I spent a lot of time in the north of Portugal, and and, and that inspired a bit of it. And then otherwise, you know, there's inspirations from outside of my life. Like there's this, this Spanish aristocrat, Condesa Dalba, and she's got this like uh, totally reconstructed plastic surgery face. Mm. Uh, she's very wealthy and she dates much younger men and is quite body and playful. And so I thought she was really cool. The painting that shows up in my film uh, that's supposedly by Goya is inspired on the painting of her like ancestor that she has. Oh, cool. I was actually going to ask about some of the paintings in the movie, you know, who did them and. Yeah. A, a kid that I used to work with Evo, who's super talented. He like does 3d. Now he works with the team that I, that does visual effects with me uh, for the films. So he's super talented 3d artist and he's also super talented painter. And he did that stuff. I studied fine arts, you know, at school. I didn't go to uh, like cinema studies or cinema school. And so I'm a painter. Like, you know, I grew up painting and I love painting, love Goya. So that's a big inspiration as well. Yeah. So you said that, you know, myths of, of uh, Bruja, witches. Um, are, besides just the idea of that there's witches, you know, legends of witches there, are any of like, did you research the witches and anything in your movie, like from any of those? Yeah, I tried like, I went through like this, like there's like this big tome, like the Oxford history of like witchcraft or something. And I was trying to get more and more inspiration. Like I really liked the research part of like script writing, but nothing was really hitting. There was like two classic or three classic texts that when I read them, I was like, ah, okay. I'm seeing how these three could join. And it's like, I guess, yeah, Frankenstein, I don't even know how it influenced so much. Maybe this like relationship of like, love and desire for love and it being a form of monstrosity and violence you know like mm -hmm. frankenstein just wants a partner and yeah. nobody will give him like a girlfriend or whatever and so that inspired a bit and dracula about the sort of like you know penetration or sexual act uh is a form of transgression to you know stay young or stay alive at least for for vampires and then oedipus rex which isn't a horror film but it could be right uh sure. and and those three things are like when they they crash together i was like okay that's that's a movie that's and it get, together they can make something a little new i thought it was what i was after yeah and i don't want to spoil the movie but um what was it like filming a particular sex scene in the film and then also watching it with an audience um filming is like so technical right. you know and um i think here in the states there's like what's it called um intimacy coordinators and all that right. and that's like legally obliged and all that kind of stuff and in portugal we're like way behind on on any of that stuff but we actually got somebody because you know at a certain point we're filming with like this woman who's 95 and she's naked her daughter's there her daughter's like you know 55 taking care of her mom and her daughter's feeling like sort of like oh why did i bring my mom here <laughs> but the mom's like pretty excited and chill yeah. But, you know, you're trying to be as sensitive and caring to this person while still making, like, a horrific, awesome sure. scene. And it's hard. It's like, a, like you don't want to be inhumane to anybody who's collaborating with you. You want to make them feel good. And so we got a friend who's an actress to, like, you know, be the intimacy coordinator. 
and it was nice. It was like, but basically you need to break the ice. Like once she, she made the, or the, the nine year old lady, the stunt double made a joke with like the, the guy who's playing Ed, who's actually a stunt double as well. And, and she made a joke and they both broke out laughing. And as soon as that happened, it was like very chill to film that. Oh, that's cool. And uh, do you, have they seen it? Has the, has the woman seen it? Yeah, yeah. They went to the screen. They loved it. They oh, were, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm glad about that. So how about uh, the idea of the like Ancestry apps? Have you ever done those? And I think that it's cool. We've seen a couple of things pop up lately that, you know, take that into account that they've made like horror movies off of it. Because it is oh, a no. weird thing sending your DNA out to someone. Yeah, I think the DNA stuff, like, I hadn't done it before during the movie. And then I did it like just like, ah, what? what box does it come in and what do you do and i actually then like sort of forgot that because i thought it was too lame like you you're spitting a tube and i was like i oh, know it should be a little yeah more that's no fun right, right yeah um but this idea that like you know i feel everybody including myself has which is that like identity and where we're from might answer a little bit of the emptiness or the loneliness that we feel i feel like that's a trap you know uh and the film's basically about that it's somebody who thinks that they're you know that they're feeling bad because they don't know where they're from and that if they do everything will sort of fall into place and and it's the opposite sometimes it you know if we did like a a parallel to like actual real world stuff you know people who found out that their uh ancestors were like horrible mass murderers and like it's a a tough thing to sort of deal with but in general for me i was like i think our cultural obsession with where we're from as like the thing that most defines us is so myopic in a way like we're such a mix like you know my mom growing up was always like there's nature there's nurture there's a mix of things everybody's gray like nobody's like you're not totally one thing nor totally another thing like uh just be a little more what's it what's it called uh conscious of of ambiguity or something and sure. and you know the film i think i think the big inspiration for that dna ancestry part is that it's like sort of uh taking a jab at, at obsession with with roots in a way yeah is that a universal thing because you know the movie takes place in portugal um but you're showing it all around the world at festivals uh the ancestry part is that more of an american obsession or is that something that you find plays no, like, like a different country i mean like in different ways but you know my friend from senegal she just won the golden bear at berlin and today she posted on instagram like a review from senegal from dakar which is really cool to and there was such pride you know the senegalese director uh how senegalese have french like winning the like golden bear you know everybody's obsessed with like their group and mm-hmm. whether it's Senegalese or queer or US or what my family is, where my family's from. And all of that sort of dumb, sort of BS, I think, it, to some extent. And to some extent, it should be respected. I grew up in a few places, like grew up in Portugal and Belgium and then the States. And when I went back to Portugal, I didn't really feel that accepted by like, you know, uh, Portuguese people. So I felt like an outsider. Here growing up in the States as like a Portuguese immigrant, uh never felt that accepted by like the mostly anglo-saxon like kids i i went to school with and so you know for me i've always had that perspective that like there's all these groups that are excluding me so where do i fit in so maybe like that's why i have such a, a criticism or skepticism of like relating to this group that's sort of arbitrary that we landed in yeah 
And uh, what was the festival run like uh, watching it? Because you said, you know, people reacted to the humor. And- yeah, like uh, at Motel Shiza, it was awesome. And Gerard Mer, it was also awesome. And like something about like horror festivals or horror sections is the audience is so pumped. It's like nuts. Like at Midnight Madness, when we showed Giamantino, it's like, there's such an energy that's like so laid back, but cinema loving and so open as well. Like you've got your hat says weirdo. And like, I just feel like it's a huge convention of weirdos who have come together to like celebrate weirdness. And I really love that. Uh, especially cause like Tino did a few fantasy fest cause of my first film, cause it has some, some fantasy elements to it and horror, horror, horror film festivals or genre, I guess. And it was just like it was the they were the most uplifting screenings. And with this film, it, it definitely confirmed that like uh, Motel She's that people are just so pumped and ready to have fun. But they also love movies. It's not just like they're there for the party. It's like there's such a passion. Yeah, and it's a small cast, um, and everyone's really great in it. But each role would have to be really important. So was it a hard movie to cast? And was it uh, were there people you worked with before? Yeah, kind of look to the 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 guy who plays the twins, who plays Ed and Manel. Uh, I'd done Dimentino with him and a few shorts and I've known him for like 10, 12 years. He actually used to live, his grandma lived below my grandma in the same apartment building oh, randomly. Okay. And so I, I grew up hearing him like play drums and being annoyed, hearing him like play the tablets <laughs> or something. But then we finally like started working together and, and, you know, had a, did a string of movies that we, you know, it was fun doing together. And Annabella who plays Amelia, she also did Dimentino. I think she's one of the most talented Portuguese directors. Alba, who plays young Amelia, I thought was awesome. Her role is quite small in the film, but like mm-hmm. we cast, like asked 20, 20 people to do the casting just for the scenes. And Alba was so amazing. It was just like, it was so visible in like the, the casting that like, you know, Alba's awesome. And then Bridger reached out when they saw Diamantino and uh, they were like, I love Diamantino. It's so weird. Uh, let's do something together. And I'm like, well, I've got this script. I don't know if you'll be into it. And I sent it to to Bridget and Bridget was like, yeah, this is awesome. I'm in. Let's do it. Yeah. And then when we're actually filming, we were, you know, the whole crew is just watching Bridget work and just being like, they are incredible. They, they're such a talent. Yeah, everyone's great in the movie. And uh, besides just like the look, what direction do you give uh, Carlotto to play, you know, his twins? You know, so they're each like, you know, different people. Yeah, like I, I wanted Ed to be sort of like uh, more naive, more innocent, more shy, quiet. And then Manel to be this like overconfident, like hunk, but who like sleeps with his mommy, you know, like he's like, <laughs> he's like the hunk mommy's boy. Yeah. That, and yeah. I thought that was a funny contrast of both of them. And Carlota, once he put on the costume for Manel, he really found it. He he was like, ah, he's Jim Morrison, or he wants to be Jim Morrison. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> yeah. And so he came up with a few ticks of like flipping like the the hair or whatever, his little strut that he was like, I guess thought was coming from like Jim Morrison or something. I thought that was cool. Uh and very funny. And then we worked a lot on on the voices, on this like contrast between the U.S. accent and then the the Portuguese sort of almost Borat accent. That <laughs> has. All right, yeah, I I thought it was great. I had a great time watching. Hope people uh, check it out. Where can people like uh, go to see where they'll be able to see it? So it's in theaters, uh, New York, LA, uh, a bunch of cities in the U.S., and then uh, streaming. It's like everywhere that you can get. Uh, 
you know, premium VOD like Apple, Amazon, et cetera. And I can, uh, are your shorts online anywhere? Cause I'd like to check out your other work. Yeah. I've got three shorts on the criterion, uh, channel, uh, website. So you can check them out there. I think they're still up. Okay, cool. But that's the easiest one. All right. Well, I really like the movie and I like talking to you. Hopefully I can uh, talk to you again sometime. Thanks so much. It was great. Yeah. Thanks for doing this. Tu sais, c'est une mutation. C'est un phénomène récent. Complexe. Veuillez évacuer, monsieur, on va s'en occuper. Non, mais les gens ont peur, qu'est-ce que tu veux Donc ça sert à rien de les enfermer. On va apprendre à vivre ensemble. N'aie pas peur. C'est ta mère, Emile. Ça va Qu'est-ce qu'il a Et c'est quoi la suite Tu m'attaches à un lit comme elle Qu'est-ce qui s'est passé Mon arbre est tombé sur la chaussée avec la tempête. Il y a plus de 40 disparus. Comment elle s'appelle, votre femme Tu prends des risques. On sera séparés. C'est des entités vivantes comme nous. Faut me faire confiance. On va la retrouver. Faut pas avoir peur. Hey, this is Nasty Neil here at the Station of Decapitation Without Your Head. And you guys are about to watch my interview with co-writer and director of Animal Kingdom, Tama Kaylee, which comes out March 15th on Video On Demand. This is one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, I love that it doesn't fit into any one category. Is it horror? Is it science fiction? Is it a drama? Yes, to all these things. It fits into all these and more. Uh, super emotional film, very well acted, looks fantastic. The effects are great. Uh, there's some scary elements to the movie. I really think the heart of the movie is the emotional the emotional side. Um, as I'll talk with him, there's no real villain necessarily. It's all about people's reaction to what's going on. So I don't want to spoil the movie. I want people to uh, check it out. And I also want you guys to know that Thomas doesn't speak perfect english so the interview is done with a french interpreter without further ado here we go into the interview and i implore you see animal kingdom march 15th animal kingdom which comes out march 15th can you give us an idea of what the movie's about for people not aware yet um alors le, le règne animal c'est l'histoire uh, d'un père et d'un fils dans un monde en mutation où pour une raison mystérieuse, certains humains commencent à se transformer en animaux. Animal Kingdom is the story of a father and son in a mutating world where, for mysterious reasons, humans are being transformed into animals. Uh, this was honestly one of my favorite movies of the year. I loved it. And was it hard to uh, take a movie that has like fantastical elements but keep it grounded in reality? 
Est-ce que c'était, il a dit qu'il a adoré, mmh. mais est-ce que c'était difficile ah. de faire un film avec des éléments fantastiques, mais le rester ancré dans la c'est, c'est précisément ce qui, m'a, ce qui m'a intéressé et excité dans, dans, dans ce projet. Euh, euh, ce que, souvent, quand on a un concept, euh, le risque, c'est que le concept écrase le film, qu'on n'ait plus de place pour, euh, parler des, pour euh, être avec les personnages. Euh, et le fait de, de, de placer... Euh, cette histoire de mutation presque l'air de rien comme c'était un élément parfaitement normal dans cette nouvelle réalité ça permettait de, de donner espace pour, le, pour, pour, être avec, pour être avec les personnages et ce qui m'intéressait c'était pas pourquoi ça arrive mais, mais qu'est-ce que ça produit qu'est-ce que ça produit dans cette société qu'est-ce que ça produit dans l'intérêt de ce jeune homme qu'est-ce que ça produit dans cette famille comment euh, évolue That's exactly what interested me and excited me about this project. Often when you have a concept, you run the risk that it's going to crush your film and not leave any space. Make the mutation appear nearly as something normal in this new reality. And that would allow me to have space to be with the characters. The question I ask is not, Why is the mutation happening? But what does it produce in reality? What does it mean for this young man's private life? What does it mean for his family? How does it make society evolve? Um, the looks of the creatures, like they all look great. And along the line of the last question, um, I think a movie like this risks becoming comedic if the creatures don't look, uh, if they look different, if they look uh, too silly or something. So, like, how hands-on were you to make sure everything, all the animals, uh, look the way they do? Ce qui est très ingrat, quand on fait des créatures, c'est que sur 20 créatures, si on en réussit 19 et qu'il y en a une de ratée, c'est tout le film qui s'effondre. Parce que ça devient ridicule, grotesque, ça ne marche pas et ça attaque la crédibilité du film. Donc, on a... Ce qu'on a fait, c'est qu'on a, on a, on a pris beaucoup de temps pour préparer, designer euh, les, les créatures, comprendre comment les filmer. Euh, donc pour donner une idée, la préparation d'un film classique, c'est généralement deux mois, trois mois. Là, on a préparé le film pendant un an et demi, en travaillant avec euh, des dessinateurs, en travaillant sur le casting pour caster des, des, des acteurs euh, qui avaient parfois un corps particulier ou une façon... Euh, d'utiliser leur corps qui était particulière. Euh, on a travaillé les make-up, les prothèses, les animatroniques très longuement pour savoir comment on allait filmer ça, euh, comment ça allait évoluer au cours du film. Et, euh, et on a essayé de, de travailler cette question euh, des créatures euh, dans, deux voies, euh, dans deux voies. La première dimension, c'est, c'est de toujours se dire que ce ne sont pas des monstres, ce sont, ce sont des personnages. Donc ça, il faut, il faut pouvoir croire euh, à, aux humains qu'ils étaient avant, avant de devenir des, des, des créatures. Et la deuxième chose, c'est d'être le plus, le plus organique possible, c'est-à-dire le faire, de, faire de, les, de tourner les, euh, le plus possible les choses en, en vrai, en réel, avec des vrais acteurs, des vrais corps, euh, et, et d'utiliser, d'avoir le, le moins de recours possible aux, aux effets numériques. If you make 20 creatures and 19 of them are good, but one is bad, 
all anyone is going to see is the bad one. The film collapses. It attacks the credibility of the film. So we really took a great deal of time to prepare the creatures, to figure out how we were going to film them. So to give you an idea, generally prep for a film is three or four months. We prepped for a year and a half. We prepped with graphic artists. We did a lot of work on the casting to find actors who had specific or peculiar bodies or who could move their bodies in specific or peculiar ways. We worked for a long time on makeup, prosthetics, animatronics, thinking about how we were gonna film these things. For working on the creatures, there are two things, two principles that were really essential. The first is that they're not monsters, they're characters. We had to believe in the human beings that they were before they became creatures. And the second was to be as organic as possible, as much as possible to film real actors, real bodies, and to use digital effects as little as possible. Um, you mentioned the cast. How about casting the, the two leads, the father and the son? Because not only do they have to be strong actors to carry the movie, but there has to be a chemistry between the two to play father and son. Euh, oui, c'est vrai, et c'est euh, ça, c'est vraiment la partie totalement magique d'un casting. Euh, on fait un pari sur sur euh, l'idée que ça va prendre entre deux personnes, quelque chose va prendre, et, et cette, cette chimie, elle prend ou elle ne prend pas. Euh, en l'occurrence, euh, euh, j'ai d'abord cherché le personnage de j'ai d'abord cherché le, le jeune homme, Paul, euh, enfin Émile. Et quand j'ai trouvé Paul, il, il m'a tout de suite fait penser à Romain Duris. J'ai eu l'impression de, de voir Romain Duris jeune. Euh, C'est pour ça que j'ai pensé à Romain euh, pour jouer son père. Et on a fait une petite, un essai en, en, entre, entre deux et ça a marché tout de suite, immédiatement. Et ça, ça a été une des, euh, une des choses les plus simples sur le film. Le film a été très compliqué à faire. Euh, mais, mais ça, ça a marché immédiatement euh, entre eux et, et euh, c'était tout de suite des personnages c'était tout de suite un père et un fils euh, on n'a jamais eu à se poser cette question-là That's true That's the magic part of casting You take a gamble that two people will connect and that chemistry will or won't happen First, I looked for the young man who was going to play Emile and when I found Paul I thought of Romain Duris. He reminded me of a young Romain Duris, and that's what made me think of asking Romain Duris to play his father. And so we did a, a test scene with them, and it worked immediately. This was a very hard film to make, but that was very easy. They immediately had the connection. We never had to worry about whether it was believable that they were father and son. They were not actors. They were father and son. Uh, does Tomas have a have a son or a child? Uh, does he have a personal connection to the story? Oui, je, enfin, <laughs> je suis je suis je suis père de de deux enfants euh, qui sont plus jeunes qu'Emile dans le film, qui ont 9 et 11 ans. Euh, et l'histoire, le désir de l'histoire euh, vient très clairement de là, de 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 cet échange très mystérieux qu'on a avec nos avec nos enfants. Euh, euh, ce qu'on leur transmet, mais, mais, mais aussi ce qu'ils nous transmettent, comment ils nous font évoluer, comment, ils nous, comment nos enfants nous font grandir. Ça, c'est quelque chose que je trouve magique, euh, très difficile à, à, à expliquer, mais qui, mais, euh, mais qui était vraiment à la base du, du désir de ce film-là. François, dans le film, le père, euh, évolue au moins autant que son enfant. 
Yes, I'm the father of, of two children who are younger than Emile is in the film. They're nine and 11. But my desire to tell this story definitely came from them. It's this mysterious exchange that one has with one's kids. You know, what we pass down to them, what we transmit, and also what they pass up to us, what they transmit to us, what makes us evolve. I find that very magic and very hard to explain. But in the film, I think that Francois evolves as much as his son does. Um, I like that there's really no villain in the movie. Everyone's just kind of reacting to the fear of the unknown, which I think is a big theme of the movie, uh, the fear of change. And is it interesting for you when you saw it with audiences, how what different audiences thought the movie was about? Oui, oui, c'était très très étonnant. Il y a des il y a des euh, il y a des spectateurs qui ont vraiment euh, qui ont vraiment focalisé sur la relation euh, entre le entre le père et le et, et l'enfant. Euh, D'autres qui se sont vraiment attachés au, au récit d'apprentissage euh, d'Émile. Euh, et après sur la métaphore même sur la question des créatures, qu'est-ce que ça veut dire cette grande métaphore des, des créatures? Euh, des, certains spectateurs euh, l'ont vu comme une, une métaphore de la crise migratoire en Europe, d'autres euh, comme euh, une question plus large de comment on vit, comment on cohabite euh, euh, avec, les, avec nos différences. Euh, d'autres ont pu voir une métaphore environnementale sur, sur -ce on, comment on arrive à, à, à se connecter autrement à tout ce qui est vivant autour de nous. Euh, on m'a aussi parlé de... Euh, euh, de l'état de la, de la psychiatrie en France. On a parlé de beaucoup, beaucoup de choses différentes. Et je crois que c'est euh, la force des, 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 des histoires fantastiques, des récits fantastiques, de pouvoir euh, avoir plusieurs niveaux d'interprétation possibles. C'était très surprenant. Certaines audiences focus primarily on the relationship between father and son. Others are, are more focused on Emile's evolution, his apprenticeship, so to speak. And then, of course, there's this large metaphor of the creatures. What does that mean? Some people have seen it as reflecting the migrant crisis in Europe. Um, others spoke to me of this larger question of how we live and cohabitate with our differences. Other people spoke to me about the environmental metaphor how we connect with everything that's around us. And then others talk to me about the state of psychiatry in France. There were so many different things that people brought up. And I think that's really the power of fantasy stories is that they have several levels of interpretation. That's interesting. I thought maybe some people would even bring up maybe like trans rights, people not um, comfortable in their own skin, how people, you know, some people are afraid of that. And did it, did it different... Uh, Different, different parts of the world that it played in? Because maybe some people have different um, concerns or just different life experiences, depending where they are. Euh, C'est une question difficile, mais euh, euh, par exemple, dans, dans, en Indonésie, j'ai eu l'impression que les spectateurs étaient... Euh, euh, on croit beaucoup à la réincarnation. Euh, la, la, la question de la connexion de l'humain à, à d'autres formes de vie... Euh, déclencher des, des, des zones d'émotion euh, très différentes. Quoi. Les, dans, la, dans la salle, je sentais que euh, certaines scènes étaient plus, étaient plus émouvantes qu'en Europe. C'est une hard question, mais je peux vous dire qu'en Indonésie, où beaucoup de gens croient en la réincarnation, la connexion entre 
the human and other forms of life really opened up zones of emotion that were unexpected to me. I could feel that in the audience, there was a level of emotion at certain moments in the, in the film that were not so high at those moments in Europe. Interesting. Well, I think that's what real art does. People take uh, out of it what, uh, you know, different things. But um, Animal Kingdom comes out March 15th, video on demand. I really thought it was one of the best movies of the year. And if you don't believe me, I put it on social media already. I'm not just saying that because you're here. And uh, thanks for doing this. Thank you. Thanks.